we've come to really, really appreciate you. And uh, this will not be the last time that you come back to GBFPC. Amen. Praise God. Put your hands together as Brother Hopkins comes tonight. God bless you. Amen. Man, how many are happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Boy, it feels good. You know what it feels like? It feels like the Holy Ghost is just brooding all over this house. And I'm very, 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 very thankful for what God has done. Amen. I'm going to mind my manners here for a moment. And I want to thank Pastor and Sister Bradford for everything, for their friendship, for their love and their kindness. This may come as a surprise to some, but preachers sometimes have situations. You know what a situation is. And, uh, and I want to thank this church for standing behind your pastor. Um, sometimes a pastor will bring a young man to the church to preach because really that young man needs the encouragement and uplift of the church. And really not so much the preacher bringing an uplift to the church. We pray that we've been a blessing. And thank you, Bishop and Sister Bishop, for their time and their love. I got to eat. You know what? I got to have uh, dinner in the cafe. And I got to have Dwarves, then Happy Jacks, and Rosemary's all in one Saturday afternoon. Then Tri-Tip after that. Boy, that could only have. Praise God. That's a good, that's when you know you're in the right place. Amen. To the ministry team, yeah, thank you for all of your work. To the seen and unseen ministry of GBFPC, our hats are off to you. Uh, Cafe 43 and the pastor's assistance, the meals prepared, the gifts that were given to our daughters. Um, the USS Hopkins is going to look like a cross between Toys R Us and Noah's Ark on the way back home. And I sure do thank you uh, for all of that. And to the pastor's assistance, thank you for your help through this revival, these really these series of services. And I want to I I take my hat off to, uh, and, and if you're in the group, you'll just know you're in the group but the elite warriors of light who know about the accoutrements, epaulets, and the weapons of our warfare that have made a difference in this series of services. Hasn't God been good to us? Hasn't God met with us in such miraculous ways? If, if you feel that, if you feel, you know, this is the, the theme of this revival has been further. If you feel like God has taken you further, won't you rise to your feet and let's break a sound barrier in this service tonight. Can we do that? Can we break the sound barrier and tell him from the bottom of our heart, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we can do better than that, apostolics. Oh, we know how to make a joyful noise of thanksgiving. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you for every healing, every vessel that you've filled, every heart that you've changed, every situation that you've touched. We honor you tonight, God. We bless you, dear Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Well, do you got time for one more shortcake tonight? Amen. 
Hopefully it's quality. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. I don't got a lot of voice left, so I'm just going to, we're just going to move through this tonight. The very first psalm reads like this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. When we look at this first verse, we see a declension, a decline that can almost be attributed to age. When you're young, you need to be careful who you walk with. When you're middle-aged, you need to be careful who you stand for, because before and behind you are those that are wondering and looking when you get to be older in age, you've got to be careful that you don't sit back in your recliner with the spectacles of your own experience and become scornful at those that are coming up. And the whole, really, synopsis and purpose of this being careful is that fruitfulness, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The key to fruitfulness is who you join yourself to. On this apostolic journey, there are some things that you need to follow after. There are some things that you need to fight for. But in Psalm 1, it warns us, if you're going to be fruitful, you need to Flee the way of the sinner. You put this scripture in juxtaposition. Boy, I, I like that. Juxtaposition. Don't I sound smart up here? <laughs> Thank God for Google. Amen. You put that scripture right beside Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall fail and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, they're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run, not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. That word, their weight, doesn't mean to sit with your big glass of iced tea and your big pitcher of, uh, your, big, your big, big serving of fried chicken and just see what God will do. But there is action that's involved in that word waiting. That word waiting literally means to bind together or to wrap yourself up into. Here in the scripture, there's flying, there's running, there's walking, but there is not sitting. Doesn't matter how old or how young you are when you come into the kingdom of God. 
There ain't no space to just sit with your arms folded. There isn't a worship service that should go by where you just sit and wait for the Spirit to come to you. But you should always be doing something. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. But my God, do something. That's the way of the kingdom. That's the way we have churches apostolics. We all do something. I think we ought to take a moment right now. Everybody do something. Truth be told, none of us deserve what we feel right now. Truth be told, a lot of us deserve to be in that, in that, that, that funeral home across the way. But God has been so good, and he, he deserves it. He deserves it. I know we've had to work all day today, but for right now, for the next few moments, it's all about him. It's all about him. So tonight I'm going to talk about, just a few moments, revelation that God gave me, really one of the darkest periods of my life. I was invited to, to preach via the Zoom to a congregation that was very small and, and struggling and needed a word from God. And I didn't feel like I had anything that I could give. So I went to fasting and I went to praying. And that's where this revelation was born. Tonight, for just a few moments, I'm going to talk about weights and wings. Weights and wings. Jesus spoke of the days in which we are living in the Olivet Discourse. Now, pull from both Matthew and Luke's account. He says to take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. You know what that word, I, I, it's a, I, I mean, there are people that write commentaries, and I, I'm going to write my own commentary up here right in front of you, praise God. Overcharged, too much news, too much information, too much distraction, overcharged. Surfeiting, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. Says many are going to come in my name saying I am the Christ and they're going to deceive many. One of the things that we really need in this day and hour, that we really need in the church, that we really need among my generation is a spirit, of, you got to hear me, a spirit of discernment. Bible talks about you've got an unction in your heart and I, I, I'd sure like to see Young men my age just kind of tune in to what the Spirit's saying. There are sometimes it's not in black and white, but in your Bible, but it's very clear when the Spirit starts talking to you. Discernment, discernment, discernment. We need it in this last hour. Goes on and talks about a lot of things in Matthew 24. For sake of time, I will not read them, though I have it written there. Verse number 7, it highlights the word pestilences. That, uh, you all know what that word pestilence means. Literally, it means diseases. 
that are uncontrolled. Then it says in verse 8, all of these things are just the beginning of sorrows. The pain and the travails of trial of childbirth just beginning. Intolerable anguish in reference to the dire calamities that will precede the advent of the returning Messiah. Talks about troubles and afflictions and, and, and it wraps everything up. Matthew does in verse 13 and says, but he that shall, and I love this word, endure. Didn't say enjoy, it said endure. It didn't say those that would be perfect, it said those that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I returned under the sun, under the sun, and I saw that the race was not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. You've got to just endure, endure, endure. I could read Romans the way that Paul said it, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, I think I will. Is it okay if I read it? I'm going to read it in pace with my voice. Boy, if I was young and famous, I'd be screaming and sweating up here. Hallelujah. We'd be having church. It's Tuesday and we worked. We're going to roll with it. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, height, depth, any other creature is going to be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed because I know in whom I have believed. Oh, and here's that word again. I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The closer we come to the coming of the Lord in that soon return, I find myself leaning heavily upon the 91st Psalm. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let the earth tremble. Let the mountains be moved. But I'm going to be all right. Because I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. And in him will I trust. Surely, surely, surely he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler. And here's that word, from the noise of pestilences. And he's going to cover us with his feathers. And under his wings, I'm going to trust. I don't know what they saw Passover night when they were in their homes, their tents. But that word Passover kind of reminds me of this text. And I'm, I'm going to have to make up time, so it's not even in my notes. But could it be that rather than passing over, like you just pass a car on the freeway, maybe there was the wings of God that came over that home while the death angel was passing over. 
in his wings and his feathers just protected and said, you're not going to be able to hurt anybody in here. Go ahead and pass over. That's how I feel sometimes in this world. When situations plague everyone around me, I can feel the brooding wings of the Lord come over us. And I know I've been in that place where under his wings. I can't see a lot, but I can feel the soft brush of a heavenly host. Oh, my. I feel it here, right? Anybody feel that stillness that just came in the house just now? Let's lift our hands and softly thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Do a work in this house tonight. Protect us. The psalmist stands, and for sake of time, I won't read it. With long life, I'm going to satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Olivet Discourse, Luke really, I think, got it right. When he says, this is what Jesus said. When you see all of these things begin to come to pass. And he said two things. And they're not the same thing. Then look up. And lift up. What he is referring to in my mind is, 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 is it matters what you're looking at with your physical eyes. But at the same time, you need to have your shoulders squared and you need to walk in confidence. And I'll take a moment to encourage every young lady that has to walk on college campuses, being the bastion of truth and mod modesty and godly apparel, you lift up your eyes and you walk in confidence because you walk as a rebuke to this world. Lift up and look up. Look up. I'll encourage every young man that doesn't involve himself in the smuttiness of this world. And, and your peers look at you crossways because you don't laugh at their jokes. And, and your, your, your adornment is totally different. Look up. <laughs> Lift up. Because behind you there is an army of angels that are saying, that's our boy. And there's a heavenly horn of anointing that's being poured over your head while you look up and lift up. Boy, hallelujah. Coming to a close here in just a couple of moments. But I'm going to tell you a, a story about two of the great birds of, of the skies. First is called the condor. Condor is the largest flying bird in the world, and it can weigh up to 33 pounds. Its wingspan is 10 and a half feet, roughly two times the height of an average female. Due to their weight and size, they determine and they only like to fly in places where there is a turbulent and stiff wind that they can ride upon. The condor has an enemy to which it is unparalleled, and that enemy is the eagle. The eagle is one of these that, that fights through storms. Pilots have been flying their private aircraft and have, and have seen eagles that are flying above storms. 
The way that the condor decides that he is going to attack the eagle is simply by getting above the eagle. And when it gets above the eagle, it will sink its talons into its back and simply stop flying. And so the eagle's beak and his mechanisms of defense seem to have been forgotten. And he's going down, down, down. Something clicks in the mind of the eagle. And it realizes, I've got something that the condor doesn't have. An eagle has three eyelids. It'll close one of those eyelids that still allow him to see. And with all of his mind, he will begin to beat the air. And turn. And turn. And turn. And start flying directly into the sun. Because the rays of the sun, because of that mechanism in his eye, he can handle. But the condor cannot handle the brightness of that sun. And so while there is an insurmountable weight on the back of the eagle, at some point, the sun starts to fight his battle. And that condor begins to lose its grip and its hold. He'll fall off the back of that eagle, and that eagle will live to fight another day. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every condor, every distraction, every situation, every sin, which does so easily beset us. And there's that word right there. Let's run. Let us run. Not sit, but let us run. Looking unto Jesus. <laughs> I got to say that again. I felt some condors kind of quake. Looking unto Jesus. Looking Unto Jesus, not being distracted, not being overcome, not being overcharged, not reading the news, but looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. All right, Brother McAllister, come give us hope. You know, I, I got to stop and say this real quick. I was, I, Brother Brock told me, that if I preached good, I would get a peanut butter pie. And I was getting so scared because I hadn't gotten a peanut butter pie. But just in the nick of time last night, praise God, 
I got a peanut butter pie. So I knew I was doing some good work around here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Moses, in a pivotal moment, a moment of crossover. You hear that word? A moment of crossover. He said, I, I can't. I can't take these people. I, I, I'm not going to go anywhere else, God, until I see you. I cannot say another word about this situation. There's, my hands are tied. I've got to see your glory. God, would you show me <laughs> your glory? And this prayer was answered only in part because the Lord said, I'm going to cover you, put you in the rock, I'll pass by. But let's look if the media team will help me. If the media team will help me. Matthew, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 3. And if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn there. Matthew 17, and I'm coming to a close. You know I'm coming to a close. Brother McAllister's giving us hope. Hallelujah. His prayer wasn't answered that day on the rock and fool. But I want you to see what happened. My. I want you to see what happened in God's time for Moses. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a mountain, or up into a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them. And look at this. His face did shine as the sun. You see that word? Sun. Next verse. Verse number three. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses. His prayer wasn't answered in that moment. But through the miracle working hand of God, praise singers can come in. Moses' prayer was answered. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. As the, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes, yes, these are crazy times, but I'm determined. I'm going to hide under his wings. Media team, if you'll help me with one more verse. Malachi 4, verse 1 and 2. You know, I'm really trying to hurry. Malachi is writing about the end times, and you can read this on your own time. But let's look at verse number 2. Let's look at verse number two. Look at verse number two. But unto GBFPC, the saints of GBFPC that fear my name, look at that word, the Son of righteousness is going to arise with healing in his And so my whole message tonight, it doesn't matter what you're facing, but it makes all the difference in the world what you are facing. 
make it right. Doesn't matter what you're facing. It matters what direction you're flying. So my question to a lot of eagles tonight is, are you looking toward the sun? You can say S-U-N or S-O-N. Or are you being burdened in such a way that your eyes have become dim and you're distracted? As we stand together this evening, I wrote down some questions. What is financial need in the face of him who alone possesses the cattle on a thousand hills? What is sickness in the face of him whose back is laden with stripes for my healing? What is grief in the face of him who bore my grief? And what is sorrow in the face of him who carried my sorrow? What is transgression in the face of him that was wounded for my transgression? What is iniquity in the face of him that was bruised for my iniquity? And what is a dreadful situation in the face of him that is wonderful? What is a dreadful situation in the face of him that is wonderful? What is a relationship that's on the rocks in the face of the counselor? What does the God of this world have to offer in the face of the mighty God? And what is life like for a fatherless son or daughter who looks into the face of the everlasting Father? And what is a troubled home in the face of him? who is the prince of peace. What are you facing tonight? My prayer for every individual in this house tonight. I'm going to end with this. The Lord! I'm going to do it this way. I want everybody to close your eyes right now. And bow your head. I can express the burden of the Lord in this way and in this prayer over you. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. The Lord in your situation lift up his countenance upon thee and give you peace. Not so much of because where he's looking, but because of what you are facing. As they begin to sing, I'm going to turn the service over to pastor. Can we lift our hands? Can we thank God for his presence? And for allowing us to look into his face tonight. I feel the sweet, sweet touch of God in this house. And I feel the wings of the angels that are brushing all through this atmosphere. Would you respond to him in tenderness and in love? Say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the ability to turn my eyes and to look into the sun.
or the place or understanding to know that revival is not something that comes in a preacher in a briefcase. Revival should constantly be taking place whether it's a special speaker or not. Right? Every service should be a revival. Amen. And so tonight with all of the services that we have had and all the good things that God has done, the prayer and the message tonight is if we're going to continue to do what we need to do, we got to make sure we're looking in the right direction. Praise God. There's so much distraction, but I want to look at the sun because I know I'm looking at the sun. It's a whole lot easier to shed some weights behind me. Amen. I believe that this message was a good finishing message to respond to each and every one of us and challenge us we got to keep our eyes looking in the right direction. Amen. Tonight, you need to step out of your pew collectively as a church body and say it's our responsibility to make sure, amen, that altars are still filled, amen, that baptismal tank is still filled, that people are still receiving the Holy Ghost, that we're still doing what we need to do in ministry, and that the kingdom of God continues to move forth. Doesn't matter what the pressures may be, the difficulties and the obstacles. But God, if you'll help us keep our eye in the right place, I'm going to keep my eye on the King of Kings. I'm going to keep my vision on the Lord of Lords. Praise God. Come on, as they sing together, let's make that determination at the conclusion of this service. God.